EQ. We're in our fifth week of this series, the EQ series. And um, I don't know about you guys. Well, first, let me back up a little bit because EQ is one of these terms that sometimes you go, what, what is this EQ thing? Well, essentially, EQ is our understanding of our own emotions and, and how that can help us have empathy towards others. Um, it's like learning how our emotions affect our communication in our relationships. And, and again, if you're like me, you've, you, you've, the series maybe has been a little bit strange uh, in a couple ways. Because first, I, I kind of was like, well, EQ, you know, is this really a Bible thing? You know, show, show me where it says EQ in Scripture. And for the second reason, it's been strange because in spite of that first reason, as I've sat down here every week and heard this message, the Holy Spirit has been giving me a nudge once or twice or ten times and saying, hey, buddy, you probably ought to pay attention here because the preacher's talking to you, bro. And so I've gone, well, are you sure? And, and then the Holy Spirit has said, well, you know, John, I, I'm God, and I care about your emotions. In fact, I'm, I'm trying to conform you to the likeness of my son Jesus, and frankly, we got a long way to go, kid. And you know that commandment about loving me with all your heart, your mind, your soul, all your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself? That little commandment I've given you? Well, that's all about relationships, it's all about stepping out in faith to help people pursue God, to help others come to know me, to disciple them. And you see, you can't really do that very effectively if you've got no self-awareness and your emotions are making a wreck of the communication you're having with other human beings. So, what do you say? What do you say I let you, you let me, you surrender and let me work on you in this area? And what do we say? Nah, God, I'm good. I got this. You know, uh, you, you do you, God, and, and I'll do me. And, and then our relationships, they suffer. Our relationship with our spouse suffers. Our relationships at at, uh, with, our, with our children suffer. Our relationships at work suffer. Our relationships with our, within our friendships suffer. And sadly, our relationship with God suffers. And then the, the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy the saints of God, he rejoices. But hold on, there's, there's good news coming later, okay? Hold on. And so, so today, um, we're going to, oops, i got to use, using this clicker here. Here we go. Today, we are going to look at applying healthy EQ, God-honoring emotions in everyday life. We're going to look at it in four specific areas in, in our marriage as parents, um, within, within uh, uh, our workplace and in friendships. Now, before we jump into this uh, application in these areas, I think it's important that we identify an emotion that can wreak havoc if, it's, if left unchecked on, on any of our relationships. And I have coined this emotion the kryptonite of EQ. 
And so let's play along with me here. Let's see if you can guess what this is. Okay, it's definitely an emotion. It, it hates when it's wrong. It won't, in fact, it won't ever admit it's made a mistake. Uh, it, uh, if it gets in, in between people who normally care about each other, they may not talk for hours, for days, for weeks, for months, for years, and sadly, it may cause them to break down communication completely for an entire lifetime. God hates it. Satan loves it. And you may have guessed it. It's pride. And again, this isn't a, a biblical con... I mean, pardon me. And again, this isn't something new. This is a biblical concept. Let's look at Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before the destruction and haughtiness before the fall. Haughtiness, arrogance. In a nutshell, pride destroys. Pride can and it will destroy relationships. So what's the antidote? What's the antidote for this toxic relationship killer? Let's look again to God's word. Psalm 25, 8 and 9. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. Humility. A joyful recognition of our complete dependency on God. That's what God wants for us. Humility instead of pride. So today we're going to look at how a small dose of humility can go a long way toward um, uh, emotional health, a healthy EQ, if you will, and starting with, starting with the marriage relationship. Here's our first point. An emotional, healthy spouse expresses their needs clearly and just chooses to put the needs of their spouse above their own. Now, I've been married to my wife, Valerie, here for 17 of truly the best years of my life. But they've been 17 of the hardest years also because, because God has given me Valerie to help me maybe identify some, uh, through self-awareness, if we're talking EQ terms here, um, some things that probably I didn't want to deal with. And you see, this, ver- this first part, I-, I found out I'm pretty, actually, I'm pretty amazing at this point here. Um, the, the, at least the first part, that is. The, the uh, making sure she knows my needs and my emotions, I, I'm, I'm great at that. It's that second part that gives me a little bit of issue, that, that putting her needs above, above my own. I remember when we, when we were uh, just young married couple, these two, uh, two middle school girls, well, pardon me, my, my oldest is high school now, sorry. They were just babies. And I was in the golf business, and every Friday I had a golf match. Every Friday I had a golf match, and this particular Friday, the weather didn't look so hot. But I packed up, and I'm ready to go, and I head out to the golf course. And sure enough, here comes the monsoon. It's raining. Well, I get a call from my bride. She's excited. She says, hey, you know what? You've been playing every week. It's raining. This is, this is great. Why don't, you, why don't you come home and... You know, we'll do some crafts with the kids or something. My response, well, honey, what, what do you think golf umbrellas are for? I, I was offended. I was offended that she, she would think that I would take this, uh, that, that she would use the opportunity for this rain to, to bring me home and spend time with my wife and kids. It's all, it's all pride. It's all 
selfishness. Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Love is not selfish. Love puts the needs of others ahead of its own wants and desires. Ephesians 5.25 and 26, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. And wives, I know you're going, ha ha, husband, I'm glad I got you here for this service. But, but we're, <laughs> wives, ladies, this is for you too. We're going to look at this verse as an analogy for Christ's love. What this, verse, what this verse says is that love is sacrificial. And I think it's fair to assume that Jesus struggled emotionally while contemplating the cross. He literally sweat blood as he, through prayer, pleaded with the Father three different times for a, for a different path. But that didn't stop him. He went to the cross anyway, and he demonstrated the greatest sacrificial love the world has ever known, despite the emotional struggle. He took the humiliation. He took the scorn. He took the torture and the crown of thorns. He took the nails through his hands and feet. He took the cross, and I couldn't give up golf for an afternoon in the rain with my buddies. So healthy EQ in marriage requires humility, open communication, and sacrifice. Healthy EQ means that we can express our emotions and our needs to our spouse, but not, not for the sake of manipulation or cause drama or with anger. It means we can receive difficult feedback from our spouse because we believe that the Lord has given us our spouse, as a gift. It means that I can put my spouse's needs ahead of my own because I trust that Jesus will ultimately meet my deepest needs. But here comes old ugly pride. Ugly pride says, if I don't take care of my own needs, who will? We are done talking about this because you should know how I feel and accommodate me. Pride says, I don't care about how I communicate because after all, I'm right and you're wrong. Pride says, you've hurt me. You should pay a price. But humility says, I'm going to put my spouse's, spouse's needs first. I'm going to put myself in her shoes. Humility says, I'm willing to be vulnerable and share how I feel, and my emotions, my needs, but for the sake of peace and understanding. And, and so then, I really want to know about how you feel, too. Humility says, I can see that you're hurting, and I want to make it right, even if it's at my own expense. Let's take a look at this next environment as parents. An emotional, healthy parent lovingly affirms our kids, but also implements boundaries to prepare them for future independence. Think with me for a moment. Can you remember a time when a parent or maybe a coach gave a word of affirmation in public? Something that really stuck with you? I remember as a young, as a young boy, my dad 
in a public setting said, son, that's because you're a leader. Now, I don't even remember exactly the context of this conversation. But I'm 48, soon to be 49, December 14th, if you want to send the birthday cards. But this has stuck with me. This has marked my timeline, these words of affirmation. Let's look again to God's word. Matthew 3.17, And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. And again, in Matthew 17.5, at the transfiguration, that was at Jesus' baptism, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. Did you know that the only time God the Father spoke of God the Son publicly was to affirm him and praise him. So I need to ask myself, do I affirm, affirm my children, and not just randomly with an I love you behind closed doors, but do I look to specifically affirm them publicly in an area that I believe God has gifted them? I don't know about you, but I'm more likely to give a stern glance or a harsh word of correction publicly than I have been to bring praise. Possibly it's because my insecurity is apparent. I've been looking to protect my own image publicly than I have been concerned about building up my children's, my children who are who are made in the image of God. It's worth, it's worth thinking about. What does it say about my EQ? And it's worth praying about because a word of affirmation can go a long way in a kid's life. Here's the other side. Children need boundaries. They need consequences. Proverbs 22.6, every parent knows this one well. <laughs> Direct your children to the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. The biblical point here is that kids need boundaries. Kids need appropriate consequences. God gives us boundaries. He gives us consequences. Boundaries are, in fact, a form of love. And this is completely countercultural. The world says, let your kids choose their own path. Let them choose their own identity. Let them choose their own morality. Let them be completely autonomous. In fact, it would be child abuse to do otherwise. But our job is to disciple our children, to help them pursue God, to trust Jesus, to honor, them with their li- honor him with their lives, and then step out in faith to do the same thing with their friends someday, their coworkers, and their children. But pride says children are a burden. Discipline is the only answer. I don't care how my words affect you. I'm the adult. You're the child, so let's make this easy. Just listen and do what I say. Like I've literally said these words to my children. Pride is too busy to set clear boundaries and follow through with appropriate consequences, so pride disciplines out of frustration or anger. Or it's the other stream. You know the parent who worships their kid and ends up raising a kid who thinks they're the center of the universe And guess what? That's pride too, because last I checked, God spoke the universe into existence, not little Johnny. 
And your reward, little Johnny's going to live in your basement until he's 45. <laughs> because essentially, you, you were emotionally incapable of little Johnny not liking you for a season. Humility says children are a blessing and I'm going to find a balance. I'm going to rely on my relationship with God to have victory over my insecurities and fears instead of little Johnny. Humility says boundaries and consequences are not to perfectly control my kids, but instead my job is to point my children to the one who lived a perfect life on their behalf. Humility says I can be intentional about loving and affirming my kids, but also I will set boundaries and appropriate consequences, even if it strains our relationship in the short run. Moving on to the workplace. An emotional, healthy employee or employer treats others with dignity and works to unify, not divide. So why is the workplace important? Why is it important to have healthy EQ there? Well, simply said, many of us will spend a whole lot of time at work in our waking hours. Well, hopefully you're not sleeping at work. Uh, um, so basically, this is a place that we will have a, a huge opportunity to help others come to know God. This is a mission field for many of us. But the workplace can be an intense and toxic environment. Maybe we don't get along with our boss. Maybe there's jealousy and unhealthy competition between employees and coworkers. There's other coworkers that aren't carrying their weight. You've got selfish employees, owners, or managers. So we tend to compartmentalize work. We can buy into this dog-eat-dog -dog mentality, and then our EQ will suffer, and we come ineffective at shining God's light in what can be this very dark space. Let's look again to God's word for some instruction. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. In Romans 12, 18, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So here's Pastor John's paraphrase. Do God's will, work hard, and be a peacemaker. But you say, Pastor John, the peacemaker stuff, the, the, the work hard stuff, I get that. But this God's will thing, it's, it's a little fuzzy. Okay, here's another interpretation. Make disciples. Work hard. Be a peacemaker. I will guarantee you by the authority of God's word that if we are resolved in our hearts to be disciple makers, we will be squarely in God's will for our lives. EQ matters. God's, God wants us to be disciple makers in every environment that, that we're in. He wants us to treat others with dignity because they're made in his image. He wants us to bring peace, to be peacemakers, so that we can introduce people to the king of peace. And Saints, how many people do we know in our lives, in the workplace and otherwise, that desperately need peace with God? Pride says, I don't care about peaceful relationships at work. I'm just here to get paid. 
Pride says, if they find out I'm a Christian, they'll, they'll ridicule me or, or worse, pass me over. Pride says, you know, this isn't fair. I, I'm just going to do the bare minimum. Pride says, no one is looking out for me, so I'll man, manufacture my own grace. I'll, I'll gossip and jockey for position. Humility says, these people matter because they matter to God. Humility says, I will do my best at work to honor God and trust that he is fighting my battles. Humility says, I won't gossip. I won't be involved in that because my EQ, my communication matters at work because I want to point people to the peacemaker, to Jesus. Humility says, Father, your grace is enough. And lastly, we're going to take a look at our friendships. An emotional, healthy friend walks with others authentically through life, celebrating the good times and comforting in the hard times. Romans 12, 9 and 10. We've seen this verse before in this series. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. In Galatians 6, 2 and 3, Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are fooling yourself. You ain't that important. In friendships, and in all of our relationships, there will be give and take. There will be time to give and time to receive. Healthy emotions and self-awareness will go a long way in finding this, this balance. Healthy EQ in a friendship means that I can celebrate with my friend when their life is a bowl of cherries and mine's the pits. It means that I can walk through hard times even when I don't feel like it. It means that we can speak the truth and love to each other. There's nothing worse, worse that, than that friend that doesn't have the courage to speak up while you're making life choices down the wide path of destruction. Pride says, how does this, ben- this friendship benefit me? Humility says, what can I do to add value to this friendship? And like our scripture said, how can I truly love my friend, not just pretend? I want to close with this. God wants us to have a high EQ because he wants us to grow in our ability to love him and to love others. He cares about our relationships. But here's the truth. We all struggle. We all have family struggles, dysfunction. Every relationship has issues. We all wrestle with different emotions and fears and insecurities. We are all full of pride. We are broken, and it's called sin. And that sin and brokenness finds its way out into our relationships. But here's the Here's the good news, which I know you've been waiting for. The good news is that we're not stuck there. We're not stuck in sin and pride without rescue. Our God is a God of redemption, and he is an expert at redeeming relationships. In a relationship with Jesus, we can have healthy emotions. We can have healthy self-awareness. And we can learn to have healthy communication and that will help our relationships. And so here's the greatest example of humility over pride. Jesus stepped down from heaven into this sin-filled world. He lived a perfect life on our behalf. 
He went to the cross to pay the price that we deserve to pay. And then he walked out of his grave to prove that he could do it and to give us life. Life to everyone who by faith would believe. Pride would have said no, but humility said yes. In suffering, pride would have said no. Make them pay the price. But instead, Jesus said, yes, Father. Your will, not mine. Pride says, I can earn my way to God. Humility says, I'm in desperate need of a Savior. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we know that healthy EQ depends on you in relationships, in communication with you, through time in your word and prayer. Lord, we confess that our sin and pride has done damage to our relationships and caused others to doubt your goodness. So we humbly yet boldly approach your throne by faith in the finished work of Jesus, trusting him to meet our needs and heal our emotions, even as we sacrificially put others' needs ahead of our own. Lord, may we look to the cross, lay down our rights to to man justice, and instead offer mercy, forgiveness, and grace to one another, just like our mighty Savior has done for us. And it's in his name we pray, the, the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.